You know, we as Christians can take for granted the living water of Christ that we have in our lives. We can enjoy that water. We can even think that people are looking for something else, but ultimately every human being needs to have the spiritual thirst in their lives quenched by Jesus Christ. Every human being needs to know Jesus as Savior. And we at Calvary do a lot of things in our ministries locally and globally to make sure others hear the name of Jesus and they know that what we do, whether it's coming alongside them and helping them with basic physical needs, even things like providing water, or it's planting churches or working with children who are at risk, whether it's locally or globally, our passion and desire, as we talked about last week, is to keep the main thing the main thing and to make sure that we who know the living water are active living wells of living water for others. The passage at the opening clip there quoted was from John chapter 4. If you want to go there in your Bibles or go there on your mobile device, maybe you have a Bible app, join me in John chapter 4. It's an occasion in the life of Jesus where he teaches his disciples a very important lesson. John chapter 4 and verse 4, we read, Now he had gone through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. So he and the disciples are traveling. And then we read, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. He stayed there to rest at this well. That would be natural in their day. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We looked at the 10 lepers. The one who returned and thanked Jesus for healing him was a Samaritan. Samaritans were half Jewish, half Gentile, and in many ways the animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans in the day of Christ was more intense than the Jews and the Gentiles, and so she's questioning how he's even speaking to her. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for, for a drink from this well, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I'm offering you something. He takes this conversation about physical water at a physical well and he moves it into a spiritual conversation about how he is the living water. Verse 11, sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is everlasting water. If you receive the water I offer you in myself, it will change your destiny. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And he says, Well, go get your husband, come back, and I'll give you this water. As you read, then she gets a little upset because he knows a little bit about her background, and so when he says uh, to her, when she says to him, I, I don't have a husband, he says, that's right, the man you're living with is not your husband, and you've had five husbands before, he speaks into the fact that he knows that she is spiritually thirsty. She's gone through a string of broken relationships. Life has been hard. Her life is, is a dry desert, and he knows she needs what he offers and so she tries to distract the conversation by getting into a theological discussion, a difference between the Jews and the Samaritans. And, and he responds and, and interacts with her a bit. 
And, and finally she says, well, you know, when Messiah comes, he'll straighten all these theological things out. And Jesus says, I am the Messiah. She's stunned. The disciples return from the town that she's from, Sychar, where they've gotten food. As they return, she drops her water jar and and she runs into town and and she goes in and she says to the people there, come and see the one. She receives that water. She gets it. She understands it. And she says to them, I I think he's the Messiah. Come and see him. Meantime, the disciples come back and they're, they're surprised that he would be talking to a Samaritan woman and, and they're kind of questioning that and Jesus says to them, you guys, you're caught up in, in things that are, yes, important, food's important, but lift up your eyes, water's important, yeah, and, and these differences that are going on and the social tensions, yeah, there's something to that, but lift up your eyes, he says, look unto the fields, they're white for harvest, and he said, it's not yet harvest time out there, but look across those fields. Coming out of Sychar would have been a group of people who were coming in response to that woman saying, come see the Messiah. Many scholars believe that as Jesus references this, he's saying it's not harvest time, but look in the fields. And the way they were dressed would have looked like grain grain fields ripe for harvest, white for harvest. And and they would have been these people coming and Jesus saying, guys, yeah, food and water and yeah, social tensions, the things that are going on, yeah, that's all a part of life. But, But lift up your eyes. Here's what's important. Here come some people who need the living water that I have to offer them. As you come to the end of the story in John chapter four, Jesus stays two days with them and many Samaritans believe. And and in the end of this story in John four, they look to the woman and they say, you know, we believe that you thought you'd met the Messiah, but now we've met him and we know for sure that he is the savior of the world. Do you notice how Jesus offers this woman living water? When she embraces it, she goes to tell others. They come, and Jesus says to the disciples, lift up your eyes from what you're focused on and see the opportunities to be living water for these folks, to be a well of living water. Today, as we talk about living water, I want us to just think about this idea that God positions us, expects, empowers us to be active wells of the living water of Christ in the lives of others every day. Where you work, where you live, your friend group, where I live, my friend group, my relatives, the people in our lives, we are placed there, we are positioned there, and God expects us and then empowers us to be active wells of that living water like that woman was for others in Sychar. Where Calvary Community Church exists here in Westlake Village, California, in the county of Los Angeles, in the state of California, in the United States, on planet Earth in the 21st century, God expects us and positions us and empowers us collectively to be living wells of the living water of Jesus Christ to people in our community, like this woman hurting and longing for that thirst-quenching water that only Jesus offers. I want to think if there was a well that was right here, you know, in the ancient world and in the developing world today, a well outside of town like this woman was at and Jesus was sitting at with her, that was central to everything about the town. When you go and visit the Holy Land, you find out they built this town. You say, why did they build that village there? It's in the middle of nowhere. Well, there was a little spring. Oh, there was a little well. Oh, there was a, the water was so important. And I want to share with you today, and Pastor Brian Field's going to help me, I want to share with you a couple of ways in which A well is essential to others. Number one, it's personal. A well was personal and it is personal. 
For that woman, that was the only place that really she could go to have life sustained in terms of water as a, a source. And today all around the world, there are people in developing countries where they know where their water comes from. Sometimes they walk an hour to get the water, put it into a, a can on their shoulder and take it back for their family and for their livestock. And it, it's survival, it's personal a well is personal. We need the living water Christ offers us. He is personal as the one who offers us eternal life and abundant life now. We need the living water of Christ, that Christ offers whether we realize it or not. Whether or not we realize it, we need what Jesus offers. That woman had no idea that day that she was going to meet Jesus at that well. She didn't realize how needy and thirsty she was spiritually. But Jesus went out of his way. He could have gone around Samaria, but he went out of his way to meet that woman at that well and to offer her the life of living water that only he could give her. It's personal. Let me just stop here and say, have you personally received the living water that Jesus offers you in his death, burial, and resurrection? He came so you could have a relationship with God and know that you have eternal life and that you can walk with him today. Put your faith in Jesus. And we'd love to have a conversation with you about that, to celebrate with you or to help answer any questions. There are three ways you can have a conversation with us today about receiving the living water of Christ. After the service, after each service, our care and prayer team members come down front to pray with you about any need, but they can talk to you about Jesus and what it means to receive the living water of Christ. I'll be out on the patio if I can help you. Speak to me. If you're joining us here in the room or you're joining us online, you can text the name Jesus to the number below me on the screen. And when you text that name, you'll get some resources from us and somebody on our team will follow up this week to help you know that you have the living water of Christ. Just text the name Jesus to that number. We want to make sure that everyone present today is clear that this living water is personal. It's offered to us all. And you may have come in here kind of just really thirsty and feeling like you've been through a season of drought. Maybe your whole life, like this woman's, looks like it's just brokenness and pain. And Jesus can bring refreshing life to that which feels so dead and dry in your heart as you come to him as Savior. Secondly, a well was not only personal, the individuals looked at that as the place of being able to survive and be sustained, but a living well was local. The water source had to be near where the people lived, and they would live near the water source. Everyone around us needs the living water Christ offers, whether or not we're comfortable with them. You know why this woman was there at noon, which is the hottest and hardest part of the day to collect water and take it back home? It's because of her broken life. She was marginalized and pushed to the fringes because of the brokenness and the relationships and the sin of her past. And so she's there at noon because those who were at the center of society would have come early in the morning or later in the afternoon when things were cooler. But, but she, as an ostracized person, would come at the worst time of the day when maybe only some travelers would be coming through like Jesus and his disciples. In our ministries here locally and around the world, we touch into the lives of people who have got some deep sin issues we touch in the lives of some people that are very broken and, and aren't naturally comfortable for some of us to engage with, but we do that because the only hope they have is the living water found in Jesus. The great feast of tabernacles or tents 
Jesus made a statement in John 7, 37 to 38. On the last day and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Anyone can come to Jesus and have life. Even the people we're comfortable with, even the people we don't agree with, even the people that maybe have a totally different view from us, they need Jesus. Pastor Brian Field's gonna come now and share with us a little bit about what we've been doing as, as an active well as a local church and various ministry opportunities we've had here ourselves and with partners in our local ministry outreach. Thank you and good morning, everyone. Um, I'm really excited to be here and to get this opportunity to share, uh, to, to let you know what we've been doing locally, globally, and, and really to celebrate what God's done uh, through this year as we've been uh, seeing the living water of Jesus spread into our community. And I think I love this story. One, I think it's been an anchor story for us within Calvary Missions and Outreach because it's the snapshot of Jesus meeting this woman, her time of need. And those are the types of people that we feel God has called us to now uh, with Calvary Missions and our outreach efforts. And, and when you think about the nature of water, even this idea of water and living water is that water flows down, right? When water begins, it begins to flow down. It goes to the valley, it goes to the crevices, it goes to the low places and the dry places. And, and as we pour out, as we get filled up with the living water of Jesus and it begins to flow out of us, that it flows down and it flows to, the, to those uh, that are in that low, those low positions and those places of need. And so I love, uh, I love the, be the beauty of that. And um, I wanted to first share that when we look at local wells here in our community of living water, and uh, uh, that we partner with some truly amazing organizations and ministries that are uh, impacting and touching the lives of so many needy and broken in our communities. And I just wanted to uh, mention them because they're in the lobby today. We've got wells we want you to go discover out in the lobby. And, and I wanted to mention some of our partners, and that's Harbor House, working with those experiencing homelessness, action, uh, meeting needs of elderly and veterans and isolated people. Ventura County Rescue Mission and the Lighthouse that work with uh, shelter and men's and women's recovery, helping free people from addiction. Gabriel's House is a, another emergency shelter for women and transition home, as well as Community Pregnancy Center, working with crisis pregnancies and counseling and coming around those who are considering what to do. Uh, with their pregnancy. And so we're so thankful for these partners and that they, they're making an incredible impact. We're sending out volunteers to try and engage with them as well. And there's opportunities to do that. But I did want to share about a, a well that happens here every Tuesday morning at Calvary. It's a well that happens in our parking lot. It's actually now starting to come back into our building a bit as well. And back in August, we made the decision uh, to combine three of our local outreach ministries and Fresh Market Food Pantry and Angel Threads into one event on Tuesday mornings. And about 75 to 80 of our volunteers show up each Tuesday morning from about eight to one. Some are in different shifts. Um, but we get the opportunity to meet the needs of people in this community, of single moms who are trying to make it 
who maybe have come out of a really bad relationship, like the woman at the well, trying to provide for their kids, living month to month, some that are uh, dealing with disabilities or the elderly or those that have just been crushed down <laughs> during this time with life and are, and are dealing with fear and anxiety and, and hopelessness. And so each Tuesday, we get the opportunity to just show up and to be living water uh, to those that come on our campus and just to say, how's your day going today? How's your week going? Is there anything that I can pray for you about? We have a sticker now. We've actually just started this recently that just says, how can I pray for you? And it's a simple question. There's some people that show up on this campus that want really nothing to do with it. They want to come here. They want to get their food and, they, and they're going to go. And you know what? That's okay. They're showing up on our campus to do that. And, and, and we are glad to serve them. But there's others who, who are hurting and who are very open to prayer. And, and I, each and every week, uh, just about, we have somebody in tears that we've prayed for that just says, that's exactly what I needed today. And they get to experience the living hope of Jesus in that. And it's a beautiful thing. But it's not just a well for our guests. Uh, this is a well for our guests and our volunteers. As we come together, we often... Uh, when we're talking to our volunteers, want to break down the mentality of it's us and them, that they're the ones in need and we're here with all the answers and the solutions. I can tell you that all of us have brokenness. All of us need the living water of Jesus and all of us uh, get to come to that well together. We've got, uh, we've got many guests who are sitting there with their Bibles in their laps reading as they wait and they're encouraging us and vice versa. And it's a beautiful thing. So, I wanted to share just finally about a volunteer that we have. We, we've had guests uh, who have become volunteers uh, through the time. And one of these very special women in our ministry, she grew up in a country in the Soviet Union. Uh, as she grew up, she was working in a factory by the time she was 12 years old. Um, the, the day she turned 16, just about, she got married off to a much older man and had just a very difficult life and uh, had moments of great hopelessness where she thought about ending her life and um, ended up moving to the United States in search of a better life. And fast forward over a decade later, she ended up here in California on a park bench, hopeless and alone and frightened. And uh, someone came to her to help and they knew of Calvary and they knew of the fresh market and they said, go to the fresh market is a resource. And so she showed up and uh, she got food, yes, but she also got to experience love and encouragement and hope in this community. She began to attend weekly Bible studies. She, she did one-on-one -on -one discipleship with Trish Carruth, who's our local outreach pastor who does a phenomenal job at leading us in our local outreach efforts here on the front lines and just beautiful ways. And this woman has now become a vital part of our community. And uh, she's one of the first to arrive on Tuesday morning. She's one of the last to leave. I talked to her this week and she said, there's times I have trouble going to sleep on Monday nights because I'm so excited to get here for Tuesday. And, and God is still doing a process in her life. She's not a finished product, as none of us are, but she's on a journey, and we love journeying with her. And I wanted to share that story with you as an example of what Living Water looks like here uh, in this community. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Brian. How about that? How many of you lose sleep the night before a ministry opportunity? Seriously. Think about this. This woman was on a park bench, came to our Outreach Tuesday, was ministered to, has become a part of our church family, has found Christ, is being discipled, and now she's pouring back into the same ministry that ministered to her, and she has trouble sleeping the night before because she can't wait to share the living water of Christ with others. That's like the woman at the well, right? She had to go tell them, come and see this Messiah, come see this one that I have met. A well in the ancient world and even in the developing world was very personal. It was local, but it was also global. This well where Jesus meets this woman is also a global well because each town and each village, whatever their water source was, if it was a spring, a well, some fresh water source, it would be not only available for locals, but it'd be available for those from all over the Roman Empire, all over the world who might be traveling through, like Jesus and the disciples. Because you, you would make your well available to travelers because then when you travel through their area, their well is available to you because water is so important. And, and so that well would not only have a local focus, it would have a global focus. And we at Calvary have that same kind of perspective. Yes, it's important for us to know the living water of Christ personally. It's important for us to share that water locally with hurting, thirsty people who are in a spiritual drought and desert, but also we have to lift up our eyes and see the fields around the world that are ready and ripe for a harvest and, and folks who are thirsty and ready to receive that living water. You see, this well is also global. Everyone everywhere needs the living water Christ offers. Everyone everywhere. There is no one on this planet who is exempt from needing eternal life and the abundant life offered in Jesus, whether or not we know them at all. As you give to the offerings at Calvary, as Pastor Curtis was talking about a few moments ago, you can give in those various ways. When you give, those dollars are impacting people you may know on this campus who come to ministries and are blessed like the 240-some middle schoolers and their families that came last night. But also those dollars are used to bless people locally and also globally through our partners. And there are people that are being ministered to in Jesus' name because of our prayers, our engagement, our giving as a church in wells that we're partnered with all across the globe that you and I will never meet. Some of you have had the opportunity to travel and meet some of our partners around the world and you come away just blessed to see the people that are being ministered to. That's been limited in the last couple of, uh, in the last two years, of course. But this is about understanding that this is local and global. And I want to speak specifically to three nations, two I can name and one I can't name, but all three of them are places of great persecution. One is Russia, one is Iran, and the other one is a country uh, in another part of the world. And the one I can't name as well as Russia, we used to be able to talk more openly and be able to bring up our partners that are in those places. And our Russian partners visited not long ago. And because of all the tension in the United States and Russia, and because now if you're planting a church, you fall under the anti-terrorist laws of that nation and, and the persecution, the pressure that's coming there in Russia to the church. And we, we, we don't know, as we said goodbye to those partners who we couldn't even bring up on the stage for fear of their security and safety, when we said goodbye to them after a meal, um, it was hard because we said we might not see each other again. We've been able to see each other. Things are changing, but we're still investing and we're still finding ways to minister and get the living water of Christ to Russia. In our partnership 
with a ministry that reaches into Iran, it, it's, it's a ministry that, that keeps speaking to the church, smuggling New Testaments in. And, and again, we can't really talk about that a lot, but we're investing heavily in that, even in our partnership with them to reach Af- Afghanistan refugees. And then that country that I can't mention was a country we used to mention a lot, and people will come up to me and say, you haven't mentioned our ministry in this nation for a while. It's because there's such extreme persecution there that even when churches in the United States mention something about a partnership with people there, then there are these secret police and these informants that are turning people in, and people are being killed for their faith. But we may never meet these folks, but we are globally spreading the good news and the living water of Jesus. As a matter of fact, that partner, I can't mention the name of the country anymore, and we invest a lot of our energy and time and prayers and dollars into that area. Uh, Recently, a secret government informant got in and pretended to be a young person wanting to be trained to be a pastor and then turned in a whole training area, and we don't know how widespread that's going to be and who's going to go to jail and who's going to be persecuted because of what happened in that. We have great opportunities. Now, I'm gonna ask Pastor Brian to come and just share a little bit about what we get to do globally when it comes to our work as a church, even beyond those areas that really are deeply under persecution. Thanks so much. And I, I know I've been asked this uh, several times lately, but when are we gonna to get to go again? When are we gonna go get to see our partners? And I can assure you that we are assessing that our high school group actually has uh, trips booked for spring and summer, and we are assessing, we have uh, plans to see that through. There's many more complications in sending groups uh, during this time, but uh, we're gonna be looking at that and hoping to send trips even summer of 22 as well. And so wanted to just let you know that we have some amazing partners around the world and we get when we get the opportunity to go and see what they're doing and serve alongside the visions that they've given, that uh, God uses it. And I know that he, he transforms us in that process too as we get to be a part of it. So we hope to do that. I wanted to share just uh, a bit of scope of what Calvary gets to do and what we get to support and about the, living, uh, the wells of living water that we get to be a part of with our global partners. And just to start uh, to share... Uh, almost a did you know uh, section here that we support 27 missionary couples and four singles that are missionaries around the world. Uh, we, have, we support 17 organizations, both locally and globally, and tw- uh, 28 different countries are represented of these wells that are happening of support that we're bringing. In a total of over $600,000 in annual commitments that we've made to these organizations to help individuals and organizations to help them do what they do. And so that's something that we can celebrate as you continue to give toward Calvary and the general fund. We're able to, to support these individuals and organizations in powerful ways. Above and beyond that, as we continue to seek to be a generous church, um, we get opportunities to help with projects. And over the past year, I think we've done over 20 projects and I'd have to have three more church services to tell you all about them. We did help with Haiti earthquake uh, relief uh, recently. Uh, the, the boys' dorm uh, in Uganda, we've completed uh, funding for the first floor, huge need, and we've shared some of those. But I wanted to share about two other projects uh, this year and this summer that we got to be a part of that is worth celebrating. And the first 
is with Compassion International. Uh, a few years ago, we got to plant a church in Bolivia with Compassion, and we shared about that. I got to go see it um, and be there for the opening, and we funded the construction of a church and child development center. Uh, some of you uh, in this room, I'm sure, were sponsors of the Bolivian children in that village, and we just love that model that Compassion has. And so a new opportunity opened in the country of Peru, and uh, we have fully funded a new church plant uh, for per Peru, and there's going to be construction of a new church, child development center, and opportunities in the future, uh, I'm hoping early next year, for sponsorship of children in this village. And we're excited about the opportunities we're going to have to be able to go and visit and be a part of what God's doing in a new country for us in Peru. So that's worth celebrating and excited about. Uh, also, we couldn't go a weekend talking about living water uh, without mentioning our partnership with Life Water International. Um, and as you look throughout the world, that there's nearly 800 million people that do not have access to clean water. And uh, it's a crushing element in poverty that impacts so many when it comes to waterborne disease, when it comes to income and the amount of time it takes traveling just to get water. Mostly women and children are the ones that are, are making those long hauls and that can lead to trafficking and abductions and children that can't go to school because they're having to spend too much time, a lot of girls actually, and so that can even uh, create uh, inequality in those situations. And so the need for clean water and access to that clean water is, is a gigantic thing. And so we've partnered with Life Water International. Our children actually let us out in this as we had a VBS project back in 2018. And uh, the kids brought quarters to that and we pitched in a bit more and were able to start with our first water project in a village in Uganda. Uh, and now each year since 2018, we've committed to, to putting in a new well and, and they do sanitation and hygiene training and really uh, uh, do a phenomenal job through the local church into these villages. And so each year now we've, we've had the opportunity to put a new well and water project into a village in Uganda. I wanted to read a testimony uh, from a mother of four who is in one of the villages. Uh, and these are actual pictures of, of the kids from, uh, this is one of the wells that we did here. So it's a beautiful thing. But this mother said, the children miss school a lot fetching water. We didn't have enough to feed them. With safe water, you, you've lifted the cloud of despair that's always hung on our heads. I've not given to being overly emotional, but the day we got water here, I shed tears of joy. How can you not, when one thing that you always felt would make life worth living was given to you, can a simple thank you ever be enough for this? So it's a beautiful thing uh, that we get to be a part of. These are some of the projects. It's worth celebrating as a church the things that uh, we're getting to engage in is the, the living water and the hope of Jesus is going uh, globally around the world. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now, you know, it could sound like uh, we're bragging about what we do, but actually, I don't know about you, but I'm humbled that we get to do this that God gives us the energy, the time, the dollars, that he lifts our eyes to see these fields. And really, uh, these are stories of God doing amazing things, even connecting with us with partners. If you can go back to that photo that was there with the children standing in the water with the yellow can, that picture to me, this picture, this is before a well. Can you imagine the disease that's gonna come when they take their water from that source? 
the animals that have been there, and then look at the well that replaced that water source. And it's done in Jesus' name. And it's done in connection with local churches in these villages so that people will not only get the physical water that saves, sustains, and satisfies, but they will get the spiritual living water that that woman received at that well outside of Sychar when she met Jesus that day. We're a part of of something in this well of Christ, the living water that is personal, it's local, it's global. And then fourthly, it's generational. It's generational. Even in the text that I read in John 4, it mentioned how this location, this well, went all the way back to Jacob. You remember God changed his name to Israel. He's the father of the 12 tribes. This goes back generations. And what you know in the ancient world and even in the developing world today, when there is a well, when there is a source, they will do everything they can to maintain that and protect that, not just for them, but for their children, not just for their children, but their grandchildren, not just their grandchildren, but the next generation. A well in some areas can last for decades and centuries, and and they preserve it and protect it and try to do what they can to maybe even dig it deeper for the next generation. Uh, The living water well of Christ is generational. Everyone in the next generation needs the living water that Christ offers. Whether or not we understand today what they'll face tomorrow, I don't know what the the problems the next generation our world is gonna deal with. I don't know what their children are gonna deal with. Until Jesus comes, we need to make sure that we're a part of sharing the living water of Christ with the next generation. And so Brian is gonna come and just talk a little bit here about what we're doing in terms of children and students, not just in our programs like we talked about middle school last night and children's ministries and and the high school ministries that take place, but what are we doing locally and globally to impact the next generation so the living water gets to them? I'm back. (laughs) I forgot to mention, too, that LifeWater International is in the lobby here today, so I'd encourage you to go check them out and and to learn more about what they're doing. And as we talk about next generation wells, I'm really excited just to share what God's been doing, uh, has done, and and uh, is is doing. And uh, one of the ways in a deep well we've had for years at Calvary, over 20 years, is through child sponsorship. And many of you here are sponsors of hundreds of children around the world in seven countries and one locally, and we continue to do that and uh, make a, a giant impact in that. Another next generation well for us is campus outreach. Uh, we support FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, locally here as they're on the high school campuses, reaching students. We support every nation um, uh, on some college campuses in Southern California. Urban Promise Los Angeles, we highlighted them last year. They're an organization that's uh, equipping and empowering uh, teens and youth and students uh, down in the valley and wonderful ministry. They're out here today as well. And so uh, our heart at Calvary has always been and is uh, to impact that next generation. It's it's who we are as, as a church. It's the middle school event that happened last night. It's the VBS that we do on this stage. And as, as it's a passion here and a focus for us, we want it to flow out uh, into our community and into the world. One of the ways that you might not know that we've been uh, working and supporting is, is fighting child trafficking, um, both locally and globally through two amazing organizations. One is Forever Found uh, that's local here in Simi Valley. They're located. They're helping prevent, uh, rescue, and restore girls in this county 
who have been victims of, uh, and survivors of trafficking, and they do a phenomenal job helping bring them out, working with law enforcement and mentoring after and, and surrounding them with the love of Jesus. They're here today. I would encourage you. We've had a few women that have become mentors with them, and there's opportunities more for that. It's a wonderful organization. And I wanted to also uh, let you know about a new partner we have this year, uh, and it's AIM, which stands for Agape International Mission. And they work in Cambodia, and they have a new work in Belize, and they're a phenomenal uh, Jesus-centered, holistic ministry that's been rescued, that has rescued over 1,500 children out of sex trafficking in, in Cambodia alone. And it, it's amazing. They've, it, um, we got to do a virtual tour this year, our mission task force, and they took us around and we got to meet different uh, directors and see the streets. And they've transformed this community. Lisa Sisla, our global outreach director, has been there and seen it firsthand. It's a wonderful and exciting new partnership we have. They're here today. Matt is, is at the table. I would encourage you to find out more of what AIM is doing in the fight against uh, human trafficking. Lastly, uh, the last well we want to look at today, uh, and as we haven't been able, you know, to get on planes and go, we've been asking God, Lord, how do we bring the li your living water deeper into our community? And one of those wells that we've identified is through the foster care system. In this room today, as you look at the statistics in that video, when it comes to incarceration, homelessness, and trafficking, and teenage pregnancy, you see the source of so much of it is those who've come out of broken homes and have been through a broken system in the foster system. Let me give you a few other statistics locally here um, of, of what's happening. In Ventura County, there's 700 children currently within the foster care system. There's 33,000 children in Los Angeles County. Of that, 3% will earn a college degree who have been through the foster care system, and seven out of 10 girls will be pregnant by the age of 21. So we look at these and we say, what is our role as the church? What if 10% of the church were to step into foster care and, and decide to be living water into this system? There's a desperate need uh, for more families to step in. Those who are willing to walk alongside a child uh, to bring love and support and comfort and hope and guidance. Um, and uh, through this past year, we've begun to establish a, a foster care ministry here of families, some who are already foster families and others who are passionate into foster care. We've been meeting monthly. I want to tell you about three ways uh, that we want to challenge you on this. And, and the motto is that everyone can do something. Within the foster care system, there is a need for more families. And some of you be, might be saying that we just can't do that. And I understand that. But I think for some of you, God may be challenging in, you in this and you've even heard about it in the past. And maybe there's gonna be families in this coming year that say we're gonna become one of those families that takes in foster children in their time of need. And so that's a great need. Uh, Bethany Christian Services is here today in the lobby and would love to talk to you about that. We have families uh, represented that are foster families out there. Would you just talk and be open to what God may do through that? So families, friends, uh, this, uh, there's a great need for mentors, those who are starting to come out of the foster system and uh, making that transition with life decisions. Uh, we, we've 
partnered with Raising Hope this year, and, and they've trained up 30 new mentors at Calvary to walk alongside uh, those coming out of the system and, and getting them plugged in. So there's opportunities for you to become a friend or a mentor in that. And then resources. We have a great partnership with James Storehouse and have for several years and have helped resource, helped them resource. They, they resource over 730 individuals and families a month between Ventura and LA County and are doing phenomenal work. They also have a mentoring model called Open Table. We have two of those groups established with people here at Calvary surrounding uh, foster youth. And so there's so many ways uh, that you can participate. And I want to just let, finally let you know that two weeks from today, uh, at 1 p.m. in the middle school room, we're going to have a, fo- a foster awareness event where these organizations are going to be there, talk to you about the problem and some of the solutions and how you can be involved. And if God's stirring your heart, and we say again that everybody can do something, we'd invite you to come to that. We'll feed you after the 11 o'clock service, or you can just show up at 1, and, uh, and we hope that you'll make it for that. I hope you're encouraged um, by some of what you've gotten to hear. Uh, blessed to be a part of, of a church that um, is a, a church of living water in our community and around the world. And I just want to say thank you for your generosity and to those that are actively engaging in what God's doing here. I pray that he'll stir your hearts even more and that you'll consider how the living water of Jesus is going to flow in and through you in this coming year. Amen. Thank you, Brian. I want to, before Pastor Brian leaves the platform, I just want to say thank you to him. He has served as our global and local outreach pastor, and he's done a fabulous job. He's done that for a number of years now, and you can see the fruit of that hard work and strategy with volunteers and team members that serve with him. Thank you for serving this area and being on the tip of the spear for us in being living water into our local community and around the world. A well is personal, it's local, it's global, it's generational, but it's us being involved like that woman and saying, this living water, you got to meet this one who gives you living water. So how, do you, how can you be an active well for Christ this week? Number one, pray for three or four people in your life who need Jesus. Just pray, Lord, help me to be an active well of the living water in their life. Pray for three or four people. Then engage with one of Calvary's local outreach ministries. There's a table in the lobby. Uh, one of those well tables is about our local outreach ministries and local partners as well. Learn about and pray for one of Calvary's global ministry partners. Um, go in the lobby when you leave. Take a few moments. Don't just rush off and leave. I would encourage every one of you to stop by at least one or two of those tables and just look at the person who's behind there or those gathered there representing that ministry and say thank you for what you do to get the living water out. Look them in the eye and say thank you. If God moves you, put your hand on their shoulder, pray for them, and ask them questions. If God's moving you, let me go back to the story Brian told early on. That woman who said, I can't sleep at night because I get to be a part of the Tuesday outreach the next day. If that's not stirring in your heart, you don't have that kind of stirring to get the living water to others, this is an opportunity for you to slow down on your way out Stop by and ask God to speak to you and show you an area of ministry you need to pray about, you need to partner with, you need to encourage, you need to be engaged. These folks, some of them have come a long distance to be with us. Please stop by, see them, thank them, pray for them, and ask God what he might have you do in getting the living water of Christ out, uh, even as a part of your local church. 
Praise God for his goodness to us and the opportunities we have to share the living water of Christ with others. Will you pray with me? Father, thanks for Brian, Patricia, and Lisa, and others on their team. Thank you for those who are still working on uh, following up with the fires of three years ago. Thank you for those who are week after week dealing with getting clothes and food and help to people. Thank you for the $2 million we were able to give away last year in global and local outreach and to those in need and reaching our community for Christ. Thank you, Father, that you give us this privilege. As we tell these stories, there's a lot that's going on to get to this place, and we are humbled that you include us in being the active well that we need to be as a church and the active wells that we get to be a part of here and around the world. May the living water of Jesus flow through us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.